Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend, the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Will, we're uh, we're quite a ways into this adventure. You're 30-ish years into, into your founding career. Are you driven by fear, by greed? What What is it that motivates <laughs> us in this startup life? I love the idea that there's a choice, right? Like yeah, right? <laughs> um, there's this idea, like I wish I was this guy that was this like just endlessly ambitiously greedy and just had to have more kind of guy. That guy sounds awesome. It's <laughs> like a, for as, as, as much of a villain as he is, he's the Gordon Gecko of Wall Street kind of villain. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I wish I had that kind of confidence, right? Like I've been driven by nothing but fear. And if we're 30 years into this, I'm still driven by fear. And when I see people talk about this, when I see people talk, like, like, like a bemoan some entrepreneur, let's take Elon Musk, who's like everybody's favorite villain right now, right? Oh my God, you know, he's just greedy billionaire, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know how hard that guy had to work in absolute nonstop panic fear in order to have the luxury of being greedy? <laughs> Act like it was some lottery ticket he won. It's amazing to me. So, so when people talk about our entrepreneurs driven by fear or greed, I want to unpack that today and talk about kind of a couple dimensions. One, there's not a lot of greed to begin with. It's kind of all fear and why. And two, why we should all be aspiring to greed in a way that I think people will understand and appreciate, not just the evil way that everybody sees it. So I think the first thing we should talk about is day one, month one, year one, year 10, looking back, Ryan, on all the stuff you've done, right? How much of that time was you waking up in the morning saying, I can't believe how greedy I'm going to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> what am I going to take from someone else today <laughs> that I don't specifically need for my myself, right? Like, Where do you even have the choice? Yeah. Well, after I go swimming in my money vault, Scrooge McDuck style, <laughs> and I look out the window at all the plebeians wandering around hungry, and then I flip coins in my hand while staring out. The, yeah, it, it never happened in my entire life. This concept of entrepreneurs being driven by greed. It's like, okay, hold on, back up for a second. Do you understand how we actually do what we do? Yeah, like no. we start from nothing. We get into a place where we have more nothing. Then in, in short order, we have negative nothing. I was going to say, don't, don't forget the negative <laughs> state, right? Where we, where we have, where we have less. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. a fun time to be greedy. Would you like to share some of my debt? No. Oh my Why? God. Right. Yeah. Like it's so funny because like when I look back in the, the early, early days when I'm starting my first company and I am just, I, I'm buried in debt, right? I'm a hundred thousand dollars in personal debt, which is still a lot today, but dude, that was 30 years ago right. when minimum wage was around like $5. <laughs> So your ability to make it back was was not going to happen. You weren't digging your way out of that anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. And that was real debt, like money that I actually owed personally, not just like some angel investor gave it to me and, and, and we you know, default on a convertible note or something. But all that said, so, <laughs> so at that moment, as I'm laying in bed at three in the morning, staring at the ceiling, there's no version of me going, oh, I feel so greedy right now. <laughs> <laughs> which is essentially the path and the life that 99% of founders are living at any given time. So this thought that they were greedy all along, again, I'm like, are you sure you understand how this yeah. works? I don't feel very greedy. Yeah. And again, like people taking pot shots that I think that it's, it's so often from this purely external perspective. Do you know who I generally don't see do this? 
other founders. Other right? founders. I, I, I never sitting down with the founder and be like, hey, G or so-and-so exited. That asshole took X off the table. Like, nobody's ever said that, right? Like, you, you right, might question right. it sometimes. It's like, wow, they, they did that well. Or, ooh, that's all that came off the table. But, like, but it's never a question of like, oh, why did they decide to keep all that, right? Uh, well, because they put their time, effort, blood, sweat, tears, fear into, into creating whatever that value was that they were able to extract at the end. But let's also remind ourselves how few of the founders who are out there founding things, building things, working through that blood, sweat, tears, and fear actually get to the point where there's anything accumulated you could even possibly want to hoard and keep to yourself, right? Like, oh, let's see, um, uh, mountain of anxiety. Should I keep all that to myself, right? Oh, the mounting debt. Should I keep that to myself, right? What else What else should I be greedy about at this early stage or even the late stage? Because again, like most founders are not going to get to a point where there's some massive exit where we can even look at it and go, okay, there's they don't deserve all of that that they're taking off the table right now. There's some like exponential outcome, right? Like I look at it and I'm like, I was uh, watching a documentary on Cornelius Vanderbilt a while back, the History Channel one, uh, the, the, oh, the men who amazing. built this or something like that. Yep. Yeah, it's incredible. And they're talking about how he was like a street fighting thug in his early years, right? Weren't we all? <laughs> right. But that's not what he's known for, right? He's known for being this big business tycoon and a bully and like all these things. But it's kind of like people just forget that whole path of what made him him. Straight up fear. Like straight up fear. And fear is a powerful, persistent, unforgettable motivator True. that's actually a good thing if channeled right and a horrible thing if not channeled right. Oh, man, the line on that tipping point is so fine too. Right? There have been times where I, I can go back in time and remember like really being on the right side of fear where it was just like really motivational. It's like, we've got to make this happen, right? We don't have a choice. We have to make this work right now. We have 30 days to, to fix this. We have 30 days to generate revenue or 60 days, whatever it was. I can also remember being on the other side, right? Just on the other side of that precipice, things go downhill really fast. And, and I remember being in positions where it was like, I was paralyzed by fear. And that's a bad thing. I think I told this story once before on the podcast, but there was this point where when I would hear my phone ring, I would get really sleepy. <laughs> Why? Well, I've come to find out that's called depression and anxiety. But when my phone would ring, it meant that somebody was calling to ask me for more money that I didn't have to tell me they weren't going to pay me the money that I needed, right? Or to chase me on something that wasn't getting done because I didn't have the money to pay the people that I need to do it, right? So it was just <laughs> awful, right? Nobody nobody was calling me greedy at that point. Nobody seemed to want to share in any of that. It's funny, you know, when I was in those formative years, I had so many things that went wrong. Like for a period, I'd gotten mono, right? I was like 19 uh -huh. years old. I was in college. Yep. I just started the company and I got mono. I was in bed for three months straight. Like I was just stricken. I lost like 40 pounds at a time in my life, 19, where I didn't have 40 pounds to lose. Just get ready to ask, can we get mono again? Will you want to go on a mono vacation with me? I need me? mono so badly right now, right? <laughs> the rest and weight loss sound fantastic. Where, yeah. where can I sign up for that plan? <laughs> I was sleeping 18 hours a day. But at that time, no one was calling me saying, ah, no. oh, you, you greedy bastard. Yeah. It's <laughs> offering to help, right? But so I think about that and I'm trying to, I'm trying to think like, yes, I had ambition in all the things that I've done, right? Sure. I had ambition uh, and you have to, but if we're really talking about what got me out of bed, it was never ambition. And here's, here's what I'd also say, because, because it's really interesting to me at this point in life, probably do a different podcast about this. Fear has driven all of my greatest professional outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of taking me from this poor kid to making some money and this, this really horrible life, right? To a good life, you know, that I'm really proud of. However, 
30 years later, that gear inside me has not left. And that's where it gets really dangerous, right? Imagine you've got the typical angel and the devil on each of your shoulders, right? And the devil is telling you, just work harder, put in more hours, you know, to hell with your body, right? You know, and then the angel's like, yeah, but you know, take care of yourself, but this is going to pay off someday, right? I've ignored the angel. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> I can tell you this. Say. The angel has been wrong about the time frames, at least in 100% of the cases, right? <laughs> that angel told me like, yeah, this should work out in about six months, five years later. All right. Right. And so so I was perpetually driven by the devil who said you have to work harder and, and to get out of your situation, right? Well, now, 30 years later, the devil just has a different sales pitch. Now what he tells me is if I don't work harder, you're going to lose it all and go back to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I joke with you and I, I always tell you that I've got two modes. I've got working all the time or feeling guilty about not working all the time. Yeah, and there's it. no other mode. And by the way, it's not awesome. Like for those listening, this isn't me like bragging about it. I'm and Brian, I've talked endlessly about it. It's not awesome. But my point is- We're working to fix it. Yeah, slowly. We're working to fix it. Yeah, yeah, very slowly. But my point, the reason I'm saying this is because even 30 years later, even after I've had some success, I still have that fear. It is hard-coded into who I am. Over time, hopefully, I'll be able to get out of it. But if you're going back to, you know, was greed driving him? Oh, God, no. Greed was like a moment of time that happened to exist between minor respites of fear. <laughs> That's pretty much the, the extent of it. It'd be the equivalent of if, if someone went on a vacation for a week and you're like, oh man, you're always on vacation. No, I was on vacation. It happened for a brief second. For a week, <laughs> the first time in 10 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's the, like, this, this is such a common problem for founders, right? Regardless of whether we're talking about a big exit, just any success, anything, right? Is that people don't see or don't remember or choose not to, to take into account all that went into that accomplishment, right? And it's it, to your point, right? Part of that now, you know, we talk about the fact that the watermark moves for founders, right? Like it's constantly when we achieve a new level of success, it means we have to achieve a higher level of success. But the other thing that's driving that is the now we've accomplished this. And so there is this very real fear that then we lose that thing, right? right. And and for right. everybody else, that can even manifest as, as greed to anybody looking from the outside, like, ah, oh, well, now they've, they've made the money. Now they're just keeping all of it, right? Or they're doing this with it. They're not, you know, they're not sharing as much of it with everybody else as they could have. Well, where were you when we created the cap table? Like, uh, you, you don't seem to be part of this conversation or part of any of the work, but uh, glad you've got an opinion on the matter. That's fantastic. Welcome to the finish line. But that fear comes in then at that point around, how do I keep this, right? Because that yeah, founder yeah. has not forgotten <laughs> all that went into the creation of that, right? They have not forgotten the, the fear that drove them there. Now they've achieved it. And now there's this fear that it could somehow ebb and flow away. And that's a very well-founded fear because that absolutely can happen. Let's talk about the early, early stages of that, right? Because it's easy to talk about the, the end point. We'll talk about that too, you know, when things have gotten huge or whatever, right? But let's talk about the first glimmers of that for, for what you and I would, would experience, which is when the company made just enough money that we could pay ourselves. Right now, and a lot of people, folks that are listening that are founders, this is going to be second nature. But for a lot of people that are thinking about becoming founders, this is something you often don't understand. You assume that when you build your own business, that money comes in, you pay yourself, you pay everybody else, and you know it, it works the way it does. It's not really the way it works. It it should. It sounds cool, but it's not really the way it works. It works more like the money comes in, you pay everyone else, and then eventually, if things someday go well, you might get paid. Right, and that's just the nature of it. You are, believe it or not, last in line, even though you're the first to make that decision. Now, with that said. The first glimmer of this is, oh, we have a little extra cash. Can I pay myself or do I put that back in the business? And that's where it starts. And that's the, yeah. And that's, that's where the, it that's starts. That's a massive catch 22. 
You know, something that's really funny about everything we talk about here is that none of it is new. Everything you're dealing with right now has been done a thousand times before you, which means the answer already exists. You may just not know it, but that's okay. That's kind of what we're here to do. We talk about this stuff on the show, but we actually solve these problems all day long at groups.startups.com. So if any of this sounds familiar, stop guessing about what to do. Let us just give you the answers to the test and be done with it. And so, so I'm looking at it going, well, you know, it's, it's an extra $5,000. And while that would mean a lot to me, as far as being able to pay my bills and do things I, I wasn't able to do five seconds ago, business needs more marketing money. The business needs more another developer. The business, need, business needs business needs, right? And so we typically don't do it, but we start to build this behavior where come lap. Parents do the same thing once they have kids, right? You know, they're like, hey, what do the kids need? And then uh, whatever's left over is what I get. Yeah, exactly. And so I think we start to build this behavior early so much so that it becomes a muscle that we kind of forget about, right? Like, I'll give an example. People who raise money, your venture-funded founders, right? Typical story. I'm seven years in, eight years in. I've raised money. You know, so the company has th theoretically had capital, but it was never really enough to pay me well. And I don't mean like getting crazy money, but like way less than I was ever making before. Not to mention the first few years, I wasn't making anything. So like when you combine that out... Average that out, yeah. Yeah, man, like maybe in year seven or eight, I'm at like 90 or $100,000, which for certain folks won't, won't will sell, sound like a lot of money. But for somebody who may have come off like a $200,000 a year job, right? That's a huge step backward for a very long time. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, because you're also, in a lot of cases, you're accumulating debt during that period, which by the 100%. way, accrues interest. Yeah. So it's not even just what the deficit was at the time you you, you bet, incurred man. that, it grows, right? So you're paying that back over time on, you know, what is now a, a very mediocre salary. And again, like this is, this is a few of founders, right? Because we're now talking about somebody that went and actually managed to get venture funding, which is a tiny minority of everybody out there starting companies. Correct. Correct. So what I think is interesting is, is we, we first wade into these moments of greed, so to speak, where there's like literally anything on the table to even talk about and contemplating, you know, whether we deserve some of it. And it's a tough conversation. Again, I'm, I'm not here to, to, to make it small. But the point I want to make is we're trying to get to a point where we can even have the option to be greedy, right? Yeah. Greed implies abundance. Greed implies that there's more than 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 someone needs, and, and by virtue of that, they've taken more than they deserve. Sure, that sounds like most startups I know. Abundance, <laughs> more than we need, so much abundance, ample resources. Right? Yeah, yeah. What I want to say, and I want to quote my favorite movie of all time, Wall Street. Greed, for lack of a better word. Oh, I thought it was going to be Zoolander. Yeah, <laughs> second, right? Who am I? No, but when I say that, I don't mean greed in the way that people think about it, like this, you know, evil, like you know, whatever. Greed implies like. The luxury of greed for a founder implies that you made it far along enough to have any abundance, right? Here's what greed looks like for a founder, making payroll, right? I want to have enough abundance that I can make payroll, right? Again, people take it to mean something totally different. They're thinking private jets and mansions, right? Dude, most people will never get to that point. Right? I get anxious when, when a founder is talking about being greedy, overpaying themselves Anything. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Should I do this now, right? Because there's that there's that constant calculus around if I pay myself now, am I going to forego a larger payout later or the stability of the company or even the existence of the company, right? So there's all of these. Again, again, that's that's 
back to fear-based, right? It has nothing to do with greed. We're back to fear at this point, fear that we will make a decision that will somehow completely negatively impact the company and therefore our own personal outcomes as well. But that's generally not what we're thinking about. We're not thinking, if I take a little money off the table now, I might torpedo this thing. You're not thinking, and then I won't have this mediocre salary in three months. Can that's not what you're motivated by. You're thinking about the fact that the team's not going to get paid, right? Your clients aren't going to get served. All of that stuff is what's on top of that decision matrix. And again, because you're afraid that you won't be able to pull off what you set out to do if you start to do anything good for you, right? So we're always last in line. Absolutely. And and with that, you've got this nonstop feeling that like, to your point, maybe I'm preventing growth or other side of it, which maybe this is my last good month. You know, maybe we just had our best quarter and we don't know it, right? And and we're about to go into a dead zone, right? How many times have we done this, right? Like how many times did you sit there looking at it going, is this a blip or a trend? Like, you know what? Maybe I'll just wait. I'll give it a quarter and then I'll raise my salary or I'll start my salary. (laughs) And then you get to the end of the quarter and you're like, well, the first month in the quarter was really strong. The second one was okay. And the third one was kind of okay again. So what should I do? And then you just, you just keep, hunting this decision downfield over and over and over again, never getting to that magical moment where you're like, okay, now all of the lights on the, should I pay myself board have turned green? So I guess I'll do it. Right. No such thing. Right. And and look, like when a founder has a big exit or something like that, you know, people like, oh my God, you know, they made so much money. Cool. And I get that. However, most founders, again, I really want to quantify this. Most founders, like 99% of them are never going to get to that point right? So the idea that they were all driven by greed is just bullshit, right? It also, again, I just want to reiterate this point, we should all be striving to have the luxury of greed, right? And again, I'm using greed to mean abundance, that we have enough out there that there's something even to divide up, right? Again, kind of hard to be greedy when there's nothing in the bank. That said, there hopefully, knock on wood, for all of our listeners, there will be a point, right, where they can be greedy, right? Where they can sit, take something off the table. And that could be their first paycheck. That could be their first paycheck, right? It could be their first distribution. It could be something, you know, uh, as an outcome of a sale, et cetera, which is, which is statistically a really low probability. So that's why I'm using all of these to point this out. If at no point in that spectrum, do we ever feel like we're deserving to be greedy, greedy being constraint, if you will, we have to ask ourselves, what were we doing this for? If it wasn't to get paid or you get a salary, right? Or something like basic like that. Why are we doing this? And I've gone through it. So like, I'm the worst at this. So this isn't me criticizing anybody. No, I look, it's you, you, you don't have to go far to find this, right? Ask any founder, right? This is one of my favorite questions to ask is like, what are you hoping to get out of this? Right? And I ask it just like that. Invariably, the answer that comes back is, well, I want to, and right, and it has nothing to do with them. All of the feedback they give me has to do with like how they want the company to grow, how they want to add a feature, how they want it to be more effective in solving the problem, how they really care about this one particular client they're trying to drive an outcome for. And then I'll I'll just let them go for a minute and I'll say, no, no, I mean, I mean, like you personally, what do you want to get out of it? Right? Like, do you want, you know, this amount of money? Do you want this? And they're just like, they're like, oh, oh, well. Well, 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 shit, I've, <laughs> I've been standing at the end of the receiving line for so long and I'm not used to getting anything that I've kind of forgotten. Like so many of them are just like, they're like, well, you know, it's funny. That's changed over time, right? When I started out, I thought this is what I wanted. Now I'm realizing that this is what maybe what I can actually get. But even that I'm like, you know, I don't know if I really like, like it just, it's okay, right? It's okay. But again, this is like that, that feeling where they're like, they're afraid to be greedy, right? So again, by fear and greed being our main motivators here were the question of the day. And they just get stuck in this trap of of not feeling like they deserve it. And I think that's that's one of the worst feelings for me 
is to see a founder who's still not even yet at the point, I get your point there, which is that it takes a long time to even get to the point where there is enough abundance to be greedy. Even when we're before that, and they're just looking at themselves in the future, they're afraid to feel greedy about an outcome that's highly unlikely to even happen. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Why are we torturing ourselves like this? I got to tell you, that there's a, I love this point you brought up about people feeling good about kind of what they burn, right? Every now and again at startups.com, when somebody has a particularly good month, you know, a person that's on commission or something like that, I always reach out to them. And I say, I want to be clear. You earned every penny of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because no one ever says that. For sure, among every founder that I talk to, whenever they have an exit or an event or whatever, and they, they buy something, like typically a house or a car or something like that, I said, I want to be clear because probably no one else will tell you this. You have earned every square inch of that house or every bolt on that car, right? Like you have earned that, right? And don't let anybody ever take it away from you. And every time I say that, Ryan, they're like, huh, no one said that to me. No one has said that. Yeah, no. But it is not bizarre. So let me give you some, some counter examples. That I, some examples that I think some of our audience can kind of take and use themselves, right? In all the time that we've been running startups.com over 11 years, we have hundreds of people here now, but over the years with people coming in and out, with, let's say five or 600 people. In that time, not a single person has ever come to us and said, you know, guys, you're kind of overpaying me, right? You know, like I need to kind of give a little bit of it back, right? In other words, all the people around you never stopped and said, you know, this is probably too much. Nobody else felt greedy. Nobody else felt greedy ever, right? The opposite generally. But right, but but Ryan, you and I and, and, and Elliot and, and Steve and stuff, we all work, look at our P&L, right? And we're like, dude, like we have to make this work. The difference is we see a consequence to overreaching, right? If, if you and I pay ourselves too much, we could lose other people, right? There's an actual consequence. The rest of the org doesn't think like that. Right. Nor should they, by the way. I'm not saying they shouldn't be burdened by it. But what I'm saying is it's an interesting contradiction when you look at all the people around you that have no problem, right? You know, take it on cash, whatever, as they shouldn't, by the way. They've earned it. That's sort of my point, right? But the founders or the people that have consequence in the business often feel so differently about it, right? Again, you and I think about this all the time. We're like, hey, if we make this bet and it doesn't work, there's consequence. There's a real cost to that. Yep. You bet. We're not just like, oh, let's take every, like, like every penny and just pay ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Put it all on red. Yeah, exactly. Right. We have to make it work. And by way of that, we have a consequence to our actions. However, you would think with that consequence, when you and I do well, that we'd also feel great about just taking all the extra cash. And that is never the case. No, because then because then you've got more cash to risk, right? Bigger, <laughs> big, bigger problems. Exactly. <laughs> it never ends. I think there's a real paradox for founders around the idea of not feeling like they deserve to be greedy. Because again, you know, and greed is bad is in, in that context, right? And what I'd say is, look, do what you will with your abundance, right? I'm not here to preach how you use yours, et cetera. But remember that it's also your abundance to do something with, right? You and I look at a good month and we say, hey, we get to choose what we're going to do with this money, right? We've earned that right. Now, if we choose to, to take it all, I don't know, it's a great idea, but if we choose to take it all, we choose to take it all, right? But I'll say this, I'll say this, even knowing this, even being aware of this, I still feel very little greed. Like for me, like, Taking more money only drives fear in me. Taking more money is like, oh shit, like, like, what if I took it at the wrong time or, or you know, what if it could have gone here? Or what if, what if, what if? This could have compounded into something else, right? This could have been, right? It's, it's like, you know, it's, you bought a stock or something, right? Let's just use something that's, that's really easy to understand and liquid. And it starts to go up and you're like, okay, well, I've made some money, but is it going to keep going up? Should I sell it now? What's the consequence, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
a hundred percent of fear and greed cycle, right? You're like, well, I, I'm afraid I'll lose it, but I'd like a little more, right? So that we understand the number of times that that scenario that, that you laid out actually exists within a founder's life is so small. Like for every time we do have that choice, to take something is so far outweighed by every time where we looked at it and went, there's nothing here to take. We just have to keep going. We have to keep working. We got to keep trying. So I think that again, like even if you were to say in one of those moments, like, yes, this is going to be the time I take it. You've probably said no 20 times for every one that you said yes, or a hundred times for every one that you said yes. And so, and yet we still can't let it go. Can we, we can't just be like, yeah, I feel good about that. I feel good about taking money off the table. Funny because we do tell people this all the time. You should feel good about this. You should feel good about paying yourself. <laughs> and then I turn around we go to run payroll and you're like, man, should I, should I, should I? Yeah. Right. 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 I think that one of the tricky things about this is we, we are in a business where we are essentially driven by fear, right? And, and that is what it is. We're building something that's never been built before in a market that's never existed with a team that's never worked together before. There is nothing in, in any of this equation that spells confidence and, and assurance. Yeah, total uncertainty, right? So of course, that's going to be driven by fear, right? Of course, that's going to be driven by fear. Kind of hard to be fully uncertain and greedy at the same time, right? With that said, there isn't a part of us in most cases that will ever have the luxury of greed. And if we do, if we... <laughs> If we have that that moment, that sliver, that one opportunity, maybe it's our first paycheck, right? Maybe it's our last paycheck where we've cashed out or something like that. Take it, take it and enjoy it. <laughs> be greedy as hell. If you find yourself in that position where you can be the evil villain who's saying, it's all mine, it's all mine. You're also not wrong, right? Yep. It is. <laughs> you created it, right? Right, right? In the same sense that you created the failure, you got to keep all of that. You created the debt, you got to keep all of that. When and if you do win, it is yours, right? You, you did that. I hope that, and I know you do too, that everyone listening has an opportunity to be greedy. I hope that the goal is greed, right? I hope that the goal is in abundance. I hope that the goal is that you've built something within the startup. You've created something that creates enough abundance so you can choose to have greed and get out of the fear cycle for a minute. Don't be like me, right? And maybe not like Ryan, right? Probably like Ryan. But in this case, what I want to focus on is at that moment, when it's your, your shot, take it. Take it when it's your first paycheck, take it when it's your last paycheck. But all that matters is when you have the opportunity, take it. So in addition to all the stuff related to founder groups, you've also got full access to everything on startups.com. That includes all of our education tracks, which will be funding, customer acquisition, even how to manage your monthly financers. There's so much stuff in there. All of our software, including BizPlan for putting together detailed business plans and financials, LaunchRock for attracting early customers, and of course, Fundable for attracting investment capital. When you log into the startups.com site, you'll find all of these resources available.